This podcast has been brought to you by Wheatberry, the job search site where careers in insurance and financial services begin. Post your job openings for free. Let Wheatberry help you find the talent you need. Wheatberry with an I at Wheatberry.com. Jesse Sloan is an award-winning public relations professional recognized over many years and is one of the nation's leading experts in the field of marketing insurance and financial products. Sloam is founder and president of Sales Creators, which is the nation's largest producer of generic long-term care sales and marketing materials. Prior to founding Sales Creators, Sloam was president of PromoWorks, a California-based agency that focused on senior and insurance products. He is the author of A Publicist's Guide to Senior Media, a national compendium utilized by marketers nationwide. In 1999, Sloan co-founded the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance, which is a trade organization serving the long-term care insurance industry, and he still serves as the organization's executive director. He is also the editor-in-chief of the quarterly national magazine, Long-Term Care Insurance Sales Strategies. Sloan has earned both a CLU and CHFC designations and has been quoted in, in many national articles, including the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Money, Kiplinger's, the New York Times, as well as the Financial Planning and National Underwriter and Senior Marketing Advisor magazines. Please welcome to our program, Jesse Sloan. Well, Jesse, uh, thank you for joining us on the program today. Good to have you. My pleasure. Say, Jesse, tell our listeners a little bit more about your association and, and what it is that you do now. I actually run three different industry trade groups. Uh, one, uh, they're all under the umbrella of American associations. So there's the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance, the American Association for Medicare Supplement Insurance. Uh, there's even one that we've uh, done a little bit of work with on critical illness, but the most recent is the National Advisory Center for Short-Term Care Information. And all of the organizations have basically a twofold purpose. The first is designed to create awareness and education among consumers, heighten their understanding of how these various insurance products work and benefit them. The second is for insurance agents, financial advisors, professionals who market and sell these products. So in one way or in different ways, we provide services that help them be more successful in uh, in selling the respective products, whether it's long-term care, that's up, or short-term care. Well, that's interesting. Sounds like you got a full plate uh, out there. Really do one man many hats, uh, but but you know they're all small industries, uh, and there is a fair degree of overlap. Uh, uh, so that uh, you know agents who sell MedSup, uh, which is a obviously a senior product, uh, uh, also sometimes delve into long term care. Certainly, they delve into what's now called short term care insurance. So there's basically uh, an overlap among the products, but by having them. Uh, siloed into individual what I'll call product lines, we're more we're better able to focus and help the agents who specialize in those fields. Well, that's interesting. Uh, now, I, I don't. I read your bio. You haven't been in the insurance business forever. You've been in it a long time, and we'll get to that. But uh, where did you grow up, and uh, where did you get your start? 
a New York City kid. Um, uh, grew up in uh, in Queens. Went to uh, uh, high school in Manhattan and college in Brooklyn. Uh, and uh, my first uh, paying job, real paying, the full time job, was I was uh, director of public relations for the Boy Scouts in New York City. Really, were you a Boy Scout yourself? I was. I was a leader and, and actually um, uh, developed uh, some programs early on for the Scouts. And uh, they're setting up a little museum now in the New York City uh, summer camp where uh, uh, back in 1975, uh, I was on a mission to create, if you can believe it, a merit badge that focused on solar energy. Uh, and so um, uh, we were teaching kids in the, in the mid 1970s all about solar energy, how it worked, what it could do uh, uh, to, um, uh, to benefit them and obviously benefit the environment and the world. Uh, so we were, we were pretty much ahead. Yeah. So <laughs> and we... that led from one thing to the next, as it often does. So when you were uh, took uh, campouts, did you head out west, like to places in Philmont, like in Colorado, or did you head up to upstate New York? Both, both. Um, uh, you know, now people uh, there's an awful lot of camping. Uh, in fact, uh, the the uh, 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 the Philmont, the second largest scout camp in the nation, is in uh, uh, just a little bit north of New York City. Really? Okay. Well, that's interesting. It's uh, so. Was your uh, uh, was your uh, did you have brothers and sisters involved? Was your father involved in that? Uh, no, you know, what, no, I just uh, did it um, uh, with friends. I uh, founded a, a great organization. Uh, I still it was one of the jobs that I truly enjoyed most was uh, working for the Scouts. Uh, just you know, especially in New York. I mean, it, you know, we could we could do unbelievable things. The unfortunate thing is, is uh, with nonprofits, as often is the case, it's nonprofit for uh, the organization and it's nonprofit for the employees. So yeah. my yeah. career sort of moved on from there. Yeah. So you headed off to college. Uh, what did you study? I have a degree in architecture. Really? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> really. Did you find that that uh, helped you? I know you've had a creative uh, looks like creative jobs over the years. Did that uh, help you in your analytical thinking and your, your creative thinking? Uh, it helped me in my appreciation for good architecture and great design. Unfortunately, when I uh, got out of school, it was in the middle of a, a recession, and so uh, no no buildings were going on, and, and that was okay uh, because um, I got very fortunate and fell into a career that I truly loved, which was public relations. And so the Boy Scouts, while well, that was my first job, uh, I ended up working for a number of um, uh, agencies in the New York area, and uh, the big claim to fame was I was one of uh, two people that really headed up uh, the PR efforts for the Cabbage Patch Kids dolls. Hmm. Hmm. Which, uh, now, what year was it that Cabbage Patch dolls? I recall, but I'm not having a doll myself. Oh, I don't God. recall exactly what year uh, that was. No, I won't tell <laughs> you. I know what I'd have to. I'd have to spin my chair around, go look at. Uh, and actually, I didn't buy the trophy for the industry award for that one because there was a lot of dumb luck involved. Uh, so yeah. it's not one of the, of, of the. I've done many, many things in my life that actually, uh, well, that's what makes people look and say, "Oh, it's not one of the things I'm personally proudest." Of of, uh, in terms of saying, oh, that's a real accomplishment. So I'm not exactly sure. Well, I, I know uh, many uh, recall uh, the phenomenon uh, that was uh, that even preceded the uh, 
uh, the Furbies and the uh, Cabbage Patch dolls, I think, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So how did you come about getting in the insurance business? I mean, you've got a CLU and a CHFC, so uh, obviously you got into the insurance uh, trade in a serious way. Uh, how did that come about? public relations for a lot of uh, banks and uh, uh, financial companies, including Aetna. Uh, Aetna was probably one of the largest clients that I served at one of the companies, and one day in talking to them, uh, uh, I knew I w- was looking to move outside of New York, and uh, uh, my boss at the time, then she became my boss, uh, looked and said, how would you like to be a pension manager for us? And uh uh, and so I acquired the knowledge to uh, market 401ks and pension plans and uh, became a wholesaler for Aetna, first in New York and then in Southern California, uh, and thus began, began my career, uh, you know, in, in insurance and financial products. I, I really, I've always, uh, I, I will tell you, I have a a real interest and understanding. You know, there's some people who can take about apart car engines, and they find that fascinating. And they can tool around in their garage and rebuild engines and and uh, and find enormous bliss. Well, I have the same passion when it comes to financial products. Not the cars, by the way. <laughs> I buy a car. If uh, if the dealership offers free maintenance, that's the car for me. Yeah, well, it's uh, I understand. So it's uh, when you were you started out in that. Was that a you say you're in a wholesaler relationship? So were you calling on licensed producers? Was that part of your job? Yes. Was to to uh, not only deliver product but also to educate and inform? And uh, is that was that part of the the job that came with that? Yep. Um, uh, you know, I was basically a wholesaler. Yeah. You know, our, our job was to, uh, uh, to sell, install, and uh, help manage 401k plans. Yeah, yeah. Well, moving along, you obviously picked up an interest in uh, the long-term care or and senior uh, audience at some point. Uh, what, describe for our listeners kind of the transition to from that moving into uh, the, the area that you're in right now. Well, my last, what I would call corporate uh, job, was I was director of marketing for annuities for Transamerica here in Los Angeles. Um, And uh, Transamerica had a a long-term care product, uh, but not really a marketing person, So I, because it is my want uh, and interest. So uh, I I sort of helped them, um, you know, help them out uh, on a, on a voluntary basis, uh, uh, helped out that product line. And when I left Transamerica, um, uh, I had helped uh, uh, Trans be one of the initial companies that was involved in the partnership program. Four states had long-term care partnerships initially, California, New York, Connecticut, and Indiana. Uh, and so I basically helped launch the California partnership. And when I left uh, and started working on my own, uh, the California partnership hired me as uh, their first uh, outside consultant to market the program. 
program. And one thing led to the next, and one day my phone rang, uh, and um, uh, actually it was the suggestion of one of the key uh, writers at National Underwriter Magazine who looked and said, you know, there should be a trade organization that focuses just on long-term care insurance. And I said, I agree. Uh, I said, you know, why are you telling little old me? And I said, well, a couple of us were discussing it and thought that you would be the right person to uh, build it and run it. Yeah. And I'm like, what do I know about trade organizations? And uh, they said, yes, we know that too. But, yeah. you know, one step led to the next, and uh, uh, and we slowly built a, uh, a, a, a very you know, vibrant um, uh, organization that supported and promoted long-term, and still does, long-term care insurance in the United States. Yeah, and so that was the origins of the, and it's called the American Association for Long-Term Care Insurance. Correct. And you're a... www.aaltci.org, if I yeah. can put in an unabashed plug. Sure, and you're a uh, non-profit, so are you a 501c3? Is that how you're We no longer, we transferred because resources are dear, and as a nonprofit, if you're a small entity, mm -hmm. you have to uh, jump through a lot of extra hoops in terms of tax filing and costs and bookkeeping and whatnot. So we really don't receive funding, and especially as the industry has changed from uh, uh, basically evolved over the time. So no, we, we dropped that formality sometime some time ago. Yeah, yeah, okay. It's uh, uh, and the the mission again of the your trade association, the long term care association, is uh, what is your interface with consumers and uh, uh, what uh, what's happening in that area as far as informing consumers of what uh, what's out there and what their choices are now. Well, I mean, we do the best we can with you know somewhat limited resources and. and Times past, there were, you know, it was a much more vibrant industry. Long-term care insurance. Oh, not that long ago, there were about seven hundred fifty thousand policies a year being sold to individuals. Last year, in two thousand sixteen, there were about ninety ninety-one thousand policies. Hmm. So the industry is really consolidated. Um, hmm. But our our goal is to uh, is to do what we can to. Um, uh, a, tell the positive story uh, of what this protection does. So we do a little bit of research still um, in terms of uh, of it. And you know, like one of the one of the things I'm proudest of is is annually we we report uh, how much the industry pays in claims, so that yeah. consumers know that insurers are not just taking their money, but they're paying it back to. Uh, uh, well, I think it's now a quarter of a million people are on long-term care insurance claim a year. You know, it's where do you where are you able to access data that you need? Does that generally come from the insurance information oh, yeah. institute yes. or the? Uh, federal, no, 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 no. We, we survey our, our surveys are done um, uh, pretty much with. Uh, we have relationships with all the insurers uh, who are out there. They certainly know you know what we do. So various entities. Right. Right. It's uh well share with our listeners a little bit. Uh, you uh, referred to uh, the newest organization that you have. Uh, I believe that uh, you referred to it as the National Advisory Center for Short-Term Care Information. Correct. Uh, what is um, what is short-term care uh, all about? So we basically have coined um, 
the terminology short-term care for a couple of reasons. Um, uh, and we'll see, you know, ultimately where the dust settles. And I don't want to confuse it. There's a category called short-term health care insurance. That's the policy that you buy, you know, if you've left a job and you're in between and you don't have coverage, you might want a couple of months. That's your typical health care coverage. Short-term care insurance, which is also known as recovery care insurance, except nobody's ever heard of recovery care insurance, uh, uh, is has several basic uh, reasons for existing. Let's put it that way. It's primarily a senior product. The vast majority of individuals who buy this are seniors. And the two two niches that I would call is one niche is it supplements gaps in Medicare coverage, and that could be gaps in prescription drugs, gaps in home health care aids, gaps in therapy types of coverage. Uh, and the other gap is long-term care. Long-term care insurance is something that everybody is familiar with, but there's an issue there. And any agent who sells long-term care insurance uh, or has thought about selling it is very familiar with what the problems are. Uh, there are a lot of people that can't health qualify for traditional long-term care insurance. They can't or won't afford the premiums. They waited too long to um, uh, to apply for it, and, and so it is not an option for them. Short-term care insurance is an option, as I tell agents, it's an option for those who can't health qualify, or may not be able to health qualify, who may not be able to afford traditional uh, long-term care insurance, or who waited too long. And the benefits are are certainly not as full as traditional long-term care insurance. It is just as the product is called, short-term care. So it typically will provide benefits for up to 360 days, just under a year. Uh, but you know, 41%, as I said, one of the things that we do and benefit by having the multiple entities is uh, 41% of long-term care insurance claims are over before the one-year mark. Hmm. So for many, many people, uh, a short-term care insurance policy is, is going to be adequate, and our our adage is always that something is always better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, what would be, far from an agent or a producer's perspective, what would be their advantage uh, or why would they be interested in maybe focusing in that direction? Uh, uh, no, it's real simple. That they're it's at? real simple. Um, it's, it's a significant benefit for your clients and it's a way to earn a living. Uh, those, you know, I can't say it any more clearly than that. Um, uh, consumers want... They understand that that long-term care is a risk that they face. And once somebody looks and says, and many of them have looked into long-term care, and then they get sticker shock when the agent says, well, for you, Mrs. Smith, at 67, the policy is going to cost you $4,000 a year. And she just looks and goes, "That's that I can't afford or I won't afford $4,000 a year. And most people can't afford, right. you know, the kinds of premiums. Or most people can't health qualify. Mm-hmm. So for an agent, this is an option that allows you to look and to say, listen, this is not, um, uh, you know, I would like to buy the, I'll, I'll use this as an analogy. 
I have to take a flight from Los Angeles to New York. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, people do that every day. There are different ways that I can fly from Los Angeles to New York. My ideal is that a limo driver picks me up in my house, takes me 10 miles away to the little local airport where I get on a little private jet that takes off the minute I'm on. I don't have to wait and sit and do anything. I have a gourmet meal, and four and a half hours later, I'm in um, uh, at LaGuardia Airport in New York. The cost for that, by the way, I could do that if I was a movie star. You know, I mean, the studio paid. The cost for that's probably twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars. Um, now, my second option is is I can go and drive the two hours to Los Angeles International, and I can get on an American Airlines flight, and I can fly first class where I get a nice, comfortable chair. They'll bring me a drink. They'll bring me a meal, etc. And the cost for that is, I don't know, $1,000, or for $380, I can ride in the back in coach and um, uh, listen to my iPad and, and uh, take out a salad that I bought at Trader Joe's. So we all make decisions every day. The decision is, is if I want to get from L.A. to New York, now the decision is, is how do I get there? So with long-term care, a lot of agents basically have kind of looked and said, well, there's only one way to get there. You know, here's the policy and here's what it costs. And so then people make a decision and they go, well, I'm not going to do it. And so then they're not traveling from L.A. to New York. Yeah. If, uh, But people understand when you give them options and you explain that while this isn't the same as that, but it's certainly viable and it's going to allow you to achieve what you want, people make a decision and say, okay, that's great, I'll take this. It's not one size fits all. So that's where short-term care insurance really can come in. Yeah, well, it's uh, what specific benefits does a consumer receive uh, if they were approached by a producer you know, offering this type of uh, package. In it varies. It varies. And that's one of the reasons that actually the National Advisory Center now um, will get agents appointed so that they can be trained because these are not uniform. But some products have a great prescription drug benefit. So millions of uh, seniors take drugs that even if they have Medicare supplement insurance and Part D, they're not fully covered. So they might have hundreds or thousands of dollars a year in out-of-pocket outlays. Some of these um, um, uh, policies will reimburse up to $250 or sometimes $300 if you take prescription drugs. Some of the policies will provide benefits that are going to look and feel like traditional long-term care insurance. So they will provide for care at home home, care in assisted living, care in a nursing home, etc. So the, the policies are, are somewhat diverse. It still is a rather small uh, industry by comparison, but, but it's certainly growing in uh, stature and interest. Now what, uh, what companies, what carriers are beginning to, to develop or a niche or, or beginning to focus on the short-term well, care? Well, there are a couple. I mean, I never mention specific companies because then you leave somebody out and they get really pissed. Um, uh, <laughs> but, but they're probably about eight to ten, maybe twelve carriers that, that are in what I would call the short-term care insurance space. 
and and they rank from very large ones that are household names in the MedSup and health insurance arena to some small ones that people might not have heard of. Um, uh, you know, short-term care insurance is not available in all states. It's available in about, I'm going to say, 40, maybe 41 or two states. Um, uh, and when we do training, that's one of the things we bring up, you know, right up front. So if an agent were looking for training, how do they go about uh, getting uh, the training? Uh, uh, do they have, have to travel someplace? Or do they buy no, 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 no. Today, my God, today you can learn just like we're doing here over the Internet. Um, uh, uh, so I would, I would tell them the best place to start is the National Advisory Center's website, which is very easy to remember. If you can remember the word short-term care insurance, all you have to do is do www.shorttermcareinsurance.org. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, there we have, you know, some uh, uh, videos and other things that go into, you know, greater depth. And then, as I said, ultimately, we'll definitely help pair agents up with the companies that are available in their states. Yeah, yeah. What do you think are, just in your view, uh, uh, some of the opportunities uh, in the uh, short-term care? You know, could have brought it out to MedSup, even that area in the next few years. What do you think agents uh, should be spending their time on? Well, the MedSup business is going to grow, I mean, enormously. Uh, it, It continues to grow every year. Uh, there's now 13 million, you know, policy holders. Um, God, I think in the next 10 years, it's going up to 20 million people predict because 10,000, uh, uh, baby boomers, and I'm one of them in November, I will be eligible for Medicare every single day. 10,000 Americans turn 65. So that's, that's, that's just the tip of the market. Forget about the people who are switching. Uh, so the Medicare sub-market is just continues to, uh, uh, to grow. And, and as the economy is, is good and strong and people want choice and options, it should continue to grow. There are more insurers coming into it, you know, et cetera. Uh, and, and I would tell, you know, for the people who are listening to this, uh, the Medicare supplement website, is Medicare SUP, S-U-P-P, dot org. And we do the national conference for the MedSUP industry uh, starting in 2016. And then again in 2017, we recorded, we filmed sessions at the national conference. And you, they're available free of charge. You can watch the video recordings uh, free. So, you know, people pay $750 to come to the national summit. Uh, you've got the next best thing. You can watch uh, the full slate of, of recorded programs uh, on online. So, you know, it's, it's yeah, if you want to learn, we make it free. For you to do it can't beat that. That sounds pretty attractive. It's always it's good to talk to you because it's always great to talk to people who are passionate about uh, what they do. And it sounds like you love uh, you love uh, talking about this topic and informing and educating people about it. So, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's uh, they're great topics. Uh, You know, the industry has been very good to me and. uh, the people who who dedicate themselves to working in it um, have been, you know, most supportive. And and you know, and when you're helping people and you're providing something that's of benefit to them, 
you can end the day with a good feeling. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, Jesse. Hey, I, I wanted to one last question before I let you go, and that is uh, uh, thinking back uh, to growing up. What was some advice that your uh, mom or dad uh, gave to you, or maybe an example that they set that uh, you find uh, has really benefited you in your business career? I think um, everybody wants a shortcut and and an easy solution, and that's human nature. So I don't care if it's with weight loss or selling insurance um, or or uh, you know anything, and and so my advice to people is you really have to. Um, Put in the time, uh, and most people don't want to. They really just want a quick fix. They want somebody to look and to say, oh, great, come work with me, and I'm going to give you all the leads, and all you have to do is talk to these people, and the apps will get signed, and, and you know, you'll be rolling in the dough. Well, you know, um, that may work every now and then, but very rarely. If you want to be successful, you have to learn, you have to be interested, and you have to work your fanny off. Uh, and if you're willing to do that, you will stand head and shoulders above everyone else. Yeah, that sounds like great advice. It's uh, And for our listeners who may have joined us a little bit later, uh, this is uh, Jesse uh, Sloan, who is the executive director of the American Association for Medicare Supplement uh, Insurance. Uh, he also has a trade association uh, focusing on long-term care, as well as uh, the National Advisory Center for Short-Term Care. And, of course, you can find uh, the websites uh, on our uh, podcast uh, website if you'd like. Jesse, it's been wonderful to have you on the program. I look forward to talking to you again as, as things evolve and uh, there's news to report. Thank you. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.